<laughs> okay, so how many of you have seen the Star Wars movie already? All right. I actually uh, was one of the first people to see that as well. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of people in costume, uh, really interesting to see. Uh, hey, for those of you who are Star Wars fans, uh, I want to give you uh, a little bit of a, a, a quiz. You'll know you're a Star Wars fan if you can... Uh, Find these humorous. Uh, our first one is this. <laughs> Ignorance sometimes, it's just, yeah, you like that. Uh, and then this one is made into a food. Who's that? Chewbacca. Okay, yeah, Duval Issaquah, you yell out there as well. Uh, and then uh, this one I like. Luke, you switch off your targeting computer or something wrong. Yeah, it uses Apple Maps. Okay, got to throw that out for our Microsoft people. And then this way to the dark side. <laughs> Pull my finger and unleash the power of the dark side. <laughs> Some of you are like, that is junior high humor. That's all I have for you. That's really all I have. Well, uh, we're ending this series, uh, Regifters. And as we end this series, I want to ask you a question. Have you found that there are things in your life that are a lot easier to understand than to actually carry out? All of us have found that, right? Haven't we? All right, yeah, raise your hand. Some of you will never do that. Uh, I, I found that out. I, I mentioned I hurt my leg, actually my knee, uh, a while back uh, while I was at the gym. And one of the things I had to do to recover was to go to physical therapy. And I was a little bit nervous because one of my good friends uh, just told me how horrible physical therapy is. He said, you know, how they hurt you. He said, physical therapists don't even have a soul. So that's what he was saying about that. Sorry if you're a physical therapist. Uh, but he was going that, and I went through the first therapy session. I went there the first time, and I got to tell you, I thought... Uh, it was really easy. I mean, especially when I was doing the paperwork, it wasn't uh, very difficult at all. And then uh, I did a few exercises, and then I came back the next time, and the next time he had me do some things I, I hadn't done before, and I realized my friend was right. This man did not have a soul. And uh, it was hurting and all sorts of things. And, and as I was talking uh, to the therapist, I said, you know, I'd, I've been doing okay before I came to see you. And uh, now it's hurting when I'm doing these exercises. And he said, that's because uh, you've just developed some workarounds uh, with your knee uh, so you don't have to, to use it in that way. I'm like, well, why don't I just go back to that and not be in pain anymore? And, and he, said, he said, you know, what the problem is, uh, is eventually you're going to have to uh, use some muscles you weren't using, and the pain is going to come back again. And so I'm looking for a new physical therapist, if you know any. Uh, no, actually, actually, I'm not. Uh, but, but I thought how, how much we could apply that when it came to the topic that we're going to look at today. And that's regifting forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is a topic uh, that is, is central uh, to uh, Christianity. It's central to what Jesus did, why he came and what he accomplished as he went to the cross. 
And I've talked on uh, forgiveness many times before, and I thought, you know, maybe I won't talk about it uh, this time, although it's very central to the Christmas message. But then I had a couple conversations with folks. Uh, one person was describing how uh, there was an, an ex-spouse and just the troubles that were caused back then and the troubles that they're still causing today and describing how they'd worked through that forgiveness process, but now things were coming up again and again and how it was harder to forgive. I was having uh, coffee that same day with someone from the church and sort of what does it look like to, to be a follower of Christ and go to the next level in your faith. And that's what he wanted to talk about. So I was, I was bringing out some examples of areas to work on. And, you know, worship, he was doing that. Bible study, doing that. Even talked about giving. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with tithing and all of that. And then I brought up the topic of forgiveness. And he goes, oh, that one, huh? And see, there are a lot of things we can do that, that seem easy for us in our faith. But to really live this out is a test of how we reflect Jesus Christ in our life. Our theme verse uh, for this series has been from Philippians 4.9. It says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So the idea is that we're, we're to learn how to live and then to put that into practice. Well, what does that have to do with Christmas? What does that have to do with forgiveness? Well, let's go to the Christmas message, and we see why Jesus came. Uh, it says this. It says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So even as Jesus was coming into the world, as we read uh, one of the Christmas accounts, we understand the why of why he came. And then how, how do we live that out as well? What does that have to do with me? It says, all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And so God has given us a gift, and it's a gift that we're called to re-gift. Now, before I go uh, too much into that and, and sort of how to get it right this time, not that maybe you got it wrong last time, uh, but maybe you're at a point and, and as you're thinking of a situation, a person, maybe someone uh, who was a former boss who... Uh, is part of your family or was part of your family, a friend or a neighbor, I, I want to make very clear what I'm not talking about when I talk about uh, forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness is not always trusting again. Uh, trust is something that's earned over a period of time. You can forgive someone who hurt you, but you can say, you know, it's going to take a while to rebuild that trust. And forgiveness is not pretending that it, it never happened. In fact, healing happens when we acknowledge uh, the pain. Just sort of like with my knee, I had to acknowledge that I really had a problem. Uh, to forgive, you have to acknowledge uh, the problem. And forgiveness is also not removing all consequences. There are things that happen, maybe things that you and I ha have done, 
and uh, there's a price to pay for our actions. And normally, God does not remove that uh, from us. Uh, now, sometimes God will do that, but, but there's often uh, some things that we have to work through. Yet, there's still grace in the middle of this. Uh, so, I want you to consider, before we consider the grace that we're to extend, how that works in our life. Because I think we, if we revisit that, and maybe you're having a hard time as, as you're thinking of, of a person or a situation, and maybe it's because we've gotten away from what God has done for us. So, before you do anything, uh, consider how God forgives you. And if we want to be more like Jesus, we're going to understand what has He done for me. If I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ, if I've come to know Him, how does God do that for me? Well, one, God forgives me instantly. Uh, we have a hard time with this. As, as humans, we usually do the opposite of that. Uh, we're slow to forgive, but God is always quick to forgive. He never holds it over our heads. He's perfect, and that's how uh, God forgives us. Uh, he forgives me instantly. It says in Isaiah 55, 7, it says, Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and He will have mercy on them, and to our God, for He will freely pardon. See, even in that same book of the Bible where it's, where it's talking about the coming of the Messiah, it goes to the cross of Christ, and what Jesus has done for us. Now, sometimes we'll say, uh, well, you know, sometimes it's not bad to live with a little bit of guilt, because guilt can help you to not do bad things. And you think about that, and I think that's true for a moment, but that's never true in the long run. We sort of get in this cycle where we feel guilty, but it doesn't keep us from doing the same thing. And that leads to number two, is that God forgives me repeatedly. Uh, a quick survey here, uh, and I'm not going to have you confess the worst sin you've ever committed, but uh, how many of you have ever, you know, committed the same sin more than once? Anyone want to raise your hand? All the liars keep their hands down. Go ahead and do that. Uh, well, you are a pretty degenerate bunch here. <laughs> no, uh, we all have areas uh, where we have perpetual failure and we still struggle. In fact, I know some people who think, well, I must not really have God in my life if I'm still struggling. No, there's the, the human condition, this side of heaven, where we will struggle with areas and we will fail, uh, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. In fact, it says this uh, in Hebrews 7.25, uh, because Christ always lives to intercede for them. He, he always intercedes for us again and again. I remember uh, when I was in college, one, one of the things that I've shared about uh, in, in my past is that my family, there's been struggles with alcohol, and early on, uh, I had a struggle as well. And I thought, you know what, for me, drinking is just never going to be something that I'm going to do. And it's not, you know, I, I, Jesus turned water into wine, 
great. If you don't have a problem with it, have a glass of wine. Don't have a bottle because that's called getting drunk. <laughs> but uh, for me, I just knew that wasn't going to be part of what I was doing. I remember uh, a few years after I, I decided to go a different course in my life and uh, that, uh, again, uh, I had a problem. And I was part of a, a, a growth group, and I was wondering, well, what do I say to my growth group? Uh, and I thought, you know, I could either hide this thing, and no one would ever know. Or I could confess to people who I trust, who's a group of guys, and see what would really happen. The, the crazy thing was, is, is as I confessed and I sort of said what was going on and uh, I was crying. I'm not a crier. I mean, the last time I cried is when 24 went off the air. I mean, that was, <laughs> and it makes me tear up just thinking about it. Uh, but I'm not really much of a crier. I, I, um, and, but I felt so broken in that moment. And... Uh, the person who was a leader of the group, uh, he, he had this tradition as he, he would talk to people. And he took a, a, a staple and he said, see that plant over there? Why don't you just bury it deep into the plant? Because that's really what God does when you come to him. It doesn't matter if you failed before, that it's gone and never to be seen. And so I did that and hit a lot of metal. Evidently, a lot of people had sinned in that office. <laughs> and it was incredibly freeing. And see, that leads to number three, is that he forgives freely. Have you ever uh, made your kids uh, ask for or give for forgiveness? Any of you who are parents? You know, forgive your brother. Uh, what do they usually say? You know what? I should do that. Jesus wants me to do that. Of course I'm going to forgive. In fact, I'm going to, you know, read the Bible to see. No, they're like, oh, he doesn't deserve it. I, I don't want to. And then, you know, you, you, you do that, and then you make the other one uh, apologize to, and, and they have a hard time. And, and we have this struggle. And I don't think it ends in childhood. I think we mask it more. Sometimes we don't. Some of you put it on social media, <laughs> which <laughs> just means you need someone to teach you how to live. So uh, certain things you don't put on social media. And uh, we, we do that because we don't want to appear weak, so we try to hide it. God, as he looks at us, he freely, in fact, the word freely is, is I was doing a word study on forgiveness in the Bible. In fact, you've noticed it a few times already. It comes up again and again and again. Uh, we read in Romans 3, 24, all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So, he forgives me instantly and repeatedly and freely as well. He also forgives me completely. This is so important 
because even though you may have heard it in your head a number of times, you may have understood it to a sense, I think until we internalize it, we're always going to have struggle. See, here's what will happen is sometimes we think, well, God sort of forgave me, and then something bad will happen, and I've heard people say this, well, God is getting even with me. And we do this is because we think that's what we would do with someone else. That, oh, you know, I, I have, I got cancer because of some sin I committed. No, you didn't. God, when, when Jesus went to the cross and he said, it is finished, that's what he meant. That there's no double jeopardy. It's not you need to go now too. It means that you are completely forgiven. Now, I understand that there are times where you find some new aspect of, of something you've done, some behavior, and you need to say, God, I, I just want to go back and say, uh, you know, I, I, I want forgiveness not only for what I did, but I was thinking about even my intentions in that. And, and that's okay if the, if the sense of, is, God, I want to be right with you. I want a pure heart. But he's not a, a genie in a bottle that you manipulate. He's the one who sent his one and only son to come into the world. We're going to celebrate uh, in a few days. By the way, it's great to see so many of you at church again. You're going to be back Christmas Eve, and that's awesome. And he lived a life, and yet he went to the cross, and he rose again from the dead. And in his resurrection... It was not only a, a verification of, of who Jesus said he was, God incarnate. Because a lot of people have died, not many people have done the rise again from the dead thing. It was also a confirmation of every word he spoke about hope and about forgiveness. We read this in uh, Ephesians. It says, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. One of the reasons that, that I uh, really try to encourage people. In fact, I got a great email from someone who's no longer in the area uh, saying, thank you for sort of encouraging me, pushing me a little bit into the step. I encourage baptism is because baptism is such a great seal of the decision that we've made in Jesus Christ. In fact, for you, if you say, I came to know Jesus, and afterwards I was baptized, and it was, I was, it was simple symbolic in the sense of as I went under the water, it was like I was dying to myself and I was being raised again just as Jesus did that for me. That is an incredible reminder of, of what he's done and how you can live free. Now, uh, if, you're, if you say, I've never taken that step and you've believed in Jesus Christ, 
I encourage you to do it. The Bible actually is one of the commands of the Bible. Jesus says, you, you know, take communion. Uh, we do that a, a number of times a year. And also baptism, which is after you've committed to say yes uh, to Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, we read this, and this is in the Bible, it's not in your outline. Mark, uh, it, it says this, this is the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, who be, it began just as the prophet Isaiah had written, look, I am sending a messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. The messenger was John the Baptist. And uh, by the way, that's not a denomination. It, was not, it wasn't like Lester the Methodist and Bubba the Episcopalian or something like that. It was what he did is he, he baptized people as, as really that sign of, of new life. And I encourage you. In fact, uh, on your connection cards, I know there's not a special box this week, or at least I don't think there is. But if you want to be baptized, we're going to do a baptism uh, in the new year. Uh, we're going to uh, probably do it the 9th, 10th, depends on when the Seahawks are playing. I hate to say it, but that's true. Because I know a lot of you, it's like, yeah, I really want new life in Christ, but it's the playoffs. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I need to pray for you. Yeah, That's okay. That's why you can, uh, you know, come to the Redmond campus on Saturday night. That's why we have that. Uh, but I, I, uh, I really would encourage you to take that step. Uh, it, it's commanded in the Bible. Uh, it's a great step of faith. doesn't cost you anything. What a great way to start the new year in saying, I'm going to be baptized. So I encourage you uh, to take that step. But here's a key question. Okay, we talked about us so we could be reminded of what Jesus has done for us. But the key question is this, who can I give the gift of forgiveness to this Christmas? You knew this was coming, didn't you? Well, what if they're awful? What if they're unrepentant? Maybe it's so far in the past that it hurts to dredge it up one more time. Still, I think you can do it, and I think you need to do it. You honor God when you do it, and you become a freer person, the person that really you can't be, even though Jesus wants you to be, unless you take this spiritual step. Well, as you think about that, you say, well, Ben, I've tried this before. My guess is there's not many of you who have who've lived your life without forgiving someone, even if you're not yet a Christ follower. If you are, the stakes are a little higher because Jesus commands it, and we're going to look at that in a moment. But maybe it didn't work out so well last time. Maybe the person scoffed at you. Maybe the hurt got deeper. Maybe you've just gotten to the point where you don't even want to. And I know that's real because I know that's been real in my life. But I still believe that this is one of the most powerful things that you and I can do in our life. So how can we make it work this time? Uh, I want to look at just, just a, few, a few statements for you to ponder and, and really, I think they're biblical, is that we need to forgive because nothing else works. Uh, it really doesn't work 
Bitterness does not work. If bitterness worked, there would be a lot of happy Detroit Lions fans. But uh, bitterness never works. It, it doesn't. Uh, there's no better option, and we're all in the same boat. Isaiah, again, going back to that, it says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. There's no sinner emeritus. There's no one who doesn't stumble and fall. A, n- a number of years back, I, I shared this story. Uh, Rick Anlow, who speaks a lot uh, here at Timberlake and is a friend, w- friend of mine, uh, he went to Jamaica. And he went with a group, I think it was a group uh, from his church, and he had this uh, a tour guide, and they were walking along this waterfall area, and everyone had cameras. And this is, you know, back in the old days, not when you had your camera, maybe just on your phone or a small camera, but the kind that were like this big, and you'd be carrying them. And uh, the tour guide, uh, he looks at the group, and he goes, uh, give me your cameras, man. And they're, okay, you know, and people start giving us cameras. And uh, I think it was Rick who was sort of reticent, and like, I'm not sure if I want to give this guy my camera. And he goes, give me your camera. And uh, he goes, well, why do I have to give, give you my camera? He goes, because when we go up, uh, you're going to fall in the water. And uh, he said, how do you know I'm going to fall? He said, everybody falls. Uh, everybody falls. Uh, and so Rick said, well, how do I know you won't fall? He goes, you don't but I know you will. (laughs) And the truth is, we all fall. We all fail. So whatever's the burden, the guilt, the heaviness, regret that we're carrying, we need to give it to God so we can re-gift that gift to someone else. In the Bible, it says this, It says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And that's a pretty pretty heavy statement when you look at it. And so, what does it mean? Is it this quid pro quo that we have with God that He forgives and it's this conditional thing? Well, it's really, we really don't find that much. We find a few statements like that in the Bible. And so forgiveness is talking about as freely, you know. But really, here, here's the concept behind it as you look at it in context. Is that if you, we really can't forgive others, then we probably have never come to an understanding of what that is in our life. And maybe we've never received it. We also need to uh, forgive before we feel like it. This really uh, gets to what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is not an emotion. Anger is an emotion. Uh, Pity is an emotion. Forgiveness is ultimately simply a choice. That's why we're told in Colossians 3.13, bear with each other and forgive one another if anyone has a, a grievance against someone. That it's a decision that we make that we're going to do what God has done for us. I think the hardest part of that is whatever grievances we have. 
Because sometimes the grievances are deep. If you sat in my chair week after week and heard the level of pain that some people go through, it would break your heart. And so I often think I wouldn't forgive that person. People will come to my office and are saying, huh, uh, I don't feel like I should forgive that person. And you know what I'm thinking on the inside? No, you shouldn't. In fact, I think you should get back at them. That's what you should do. I don't say that. <laughs> because that seems like that would be fair and justice. Here's the problem is everyone I know who's tried that path, it's never enough. It never works. It never restores the emptiness that they've had in their soul. Again, it's about finding freedom for ourselves as well as honoring God. And that really leads to number three, forgive when no one is asking for it. I know uh, what some of you are thinking, why in the world would I do this? Because forgiveness is really uh, three parts. One is to free you. One is to honor God. And the other one is to release, the third one is to release the other person. And even if the last one isn't in effect, the two other ones are. And so we take the initiative with it. There's no better example of the Bible of Joseph who we find. And, and Joseph uh, was sold into slavery by his brothers, uh, which basically was a favor to him because they were going to try to kill him at first. And as the story unfolds over the years, he becomes the ruler in the most powerful nation in all the earth at the time, and he shows mercy on them. But he had predecided not to let bitterness destroy his heart. In fact, we, we read this as he's reflecting on his life and naming his kids. It says, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it's because God has made me forget all my trouble in all of my father's household. I've forgotten what they've done to me. I've forgotten the pain that they caused me because he was able to let it go. Well, that leads to number four, forgive when you can't let go, when you can't let it go. Now, I know some of the things I've talked about, there are uh, maybe indirect examples in the Scripture. Some are direct. You can't get more direct than this one. Uh, Jesus is asked about forgiveness, and uh, he's asked as, as uh, someone's trying to make a point. You only had to forgive someone three times in ancient Jewish culture. And so, with that context, read this. Uh, it says, uh, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? So, that's being pretty magnanimous. Hey, up to seven times? That's way more than I need to. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Or 77 times. So, some of you are saying, okay, I'm on 74. I'll wait. It's not a math equation. It really isn't. He's saying, remember that just as God forgives me repeatedly, that I'm supposed to do the same. That's what this is talking about. Well, finally, number five, don't forgive in secret. Uh, 
What do I mean by this? Sometimes we'll say, well, I, I, I've just forgiven that person in my heart, but I'm not going to tell them. And, you know, there's always that sense that we're to go public with that. Not to publicly humiliate them. And, and, and I've had to say to people before is, you know, I know you may have forgotten this already, but when this happened, it really hurt me. And, and I'm not asking you even to agree with me. But I want you to know that I forgive you. And there can be a burden that's lifted as we honor God with that. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Will you pray with me?